0: frying pan and into the fire run.
1: <laughs> run
0: hello and welcome to episode 6 of out of the frying pan a middle earth strategy battle game podcast more relaxing than long bottom leaf hello sam and dan how are you doing today <sighs>
1: How do you, how do you?
2: I'm good, I'm good. I'm genuinely happy that that one didn't hit as hard as the last one did. <laughs>
0: I haven't had time to think of any more, so I'm running I'm running low on my uh my little note, my little list of uh of intros. And uh I no, suppose... no, it's
2: good. It it helped us keep our professionalism for this
0: episode. <laughs> <laughs> I also uh, I also don't want to um escalate or, or send that off in a direction that that wouldn't be um wouldn't be good for the tone of the show so far and we'll leave that to uh, other podcasts that I may be on as well. Um so so we're um we we keep recording at the moment don't we we keep seem to be pushing almost one out a week. Um I think when we last recorded we uh we thought we we're going to have a, a little bit of a gap but then we we knew this the match play guide was going to be coming out and we couldn't resist talking about it. So so what we're going to do today, as usual, um, is have our many meetings when we do a bit of a catch up and find out what we've been up to since we last recorded. And then for the main segment for Council Rail Round, we're going to be talking about the match play guide. Um, so let's go for a little break, and when we come back, it'll be many meetings.
1: Incom Gaming, the new centre for tabletop wargaming in Gloucestershire. Visit incomgaming.co.uk for great savings on pre-orders and all your hobby needs. We stock many gaming systems and hobby accessories and can ship to anywhere in the UK market-leading gaming mats from gamemats.eu. Visit the store and check out how to turn your tabletop into a battlefield. Incom Gaming is based in the centre of Cheltenham and offers tables and scenery for casual and organised play with a fully licensed bar. Check out our events page for upcoming events where everyone is welcome. Visit incomgaming.co.uk Incom Gaming. come game, shop, Drink.
0: Welcome back and it's time for many meetings. So who's going to kick us off this time? I think uh, Sam, tell us what you've been up to since we uh, last recorded.
2: So since we last recorded, I have definitely been planning a lot more stuff in terms of uh, Middle Earth. I finally finished the basing on my Uh, Fellowship models for Flotsam and Jetsam So they are now done There's nothing more to do for the actual Models for the event So I'm super super happy Um, Really happy with how the Leaves that Dan sent me uh, Turned out on the bases as well So hopefully that will tie the two Forces together when we Join forces uh, Form of uh, a wood elf and form of a hobbit
0: Absolutely, and they look really good as well. They look, I was saying they like looked good on the last show, but it's amazing how just adding those—they were based before, but adding those little finishing touches to the base to really finish them off—and um, mm. yeah, they look really, really cool. Really like them.
2: Yeah. Uh, what was really nice f- from from my point of view, um, Instagram-wise, I've I've always had sort of like a a steady flow of like likes and stuff, but when I posted the picture of them done on the. Uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings Rocks group that you uh, yep. sh- shared with me and Dan, um, I think I've g- I got more likes on that post than I have of it, on. The- apart from pos- possibly our wedding uh, <laughs> photos. I think I've had more likes on that photo than any other photo I've had on Facebook, so thank you everybody.
0: Hopefully not Dan's posting your wedding good. photos to uh,
2: to wargaming uh, groups. Well, they would have thought it was just a hobbit marrying a hobbit, so it would have been Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, and the big—it doesn't feel like it's Middle Earth related, but I've been preparing my display board for Flotsam and Jetsam this week, which um, is uh, taking a little bit more time and money than initially planned.
0: <laughs> what what's uh, costing you more, apart from cutting heads off parrots?
2: <laughs> well, that, the biggest outlay so far was the parrots, so I basically <laughs> had to buy. A water pump. Um, But obviously, obtaining a water pump for sort of 28mm modeling is quite difficult unless you buy those really nice, um, relaxing water feature things that you can get for your office to make you feel calm. Um, So, I basically had to buy one of those from eBay. Um, And the one that I liked the look of most was one where it had this nice, nice sort of like rocky outcrop thing on it. Um, But it did have two fairly obvious parrots on it. um, (laughs) um, What what scale are these
0: parrots? parrots?
2: (laughs) Uh, I believe the parrots, if I was going to put them in line with anything, I'd say they are probably, from top to bottom, felbeast. They're big- Well, his
1: cousins. His exotic cousins.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was... um, I was sending Dan and uh, Stu the dead parrot sketch quotes <laughs> when I was cutting their heads off. <laughs> um. I-, I had a great time doing that one, but yeah, they've um, their heads have been chopped off, and um, yeah, I'm just waiting for some of the more technical parts uh, for mounting it on my on my sort of display base. So I'm, I'm excited to get that done because um, once once the pump's in place, I can basically build the rest of it around it. Uh, like the rocks and the sand and the getting the water ready and stuff like that so yeah I'm, I'm waiting on some uh, plastic tubing uh, to turn up so that I can work the pump and get it all set up uh, and i have got to ask an advanced shoe can you put me near a plug socket for the armies on parade for flotsam and jetsam please <laughs> I'm sure we'll,
0: we'll work something out don't even know where the Thank plug you. sockets are within that but we can we can sort something out um, so you, are you using some of the base apart from the parrots I'm guessing you're using, making use of the rocks and stuff or is it purely the, the pump that you're using in that piece of um, whatever it is supposed to was, be? <laughs> it's,
2: it's, it's meant to be two parrots perched on some sort of rock thing and the idea is that the pump pushes the water up and it goes down a couple of stones before it goes back into the reservoir and then pumps back up again. Right okay. Um, so uh, what I've what I planned on doing was just steal the pump but um, when I looked at how good the rocks were, I actually decided to put the whole thing onto the display base, so a lot more of it's getting used. But what I now need to do, instead of allowing that water to go back into the little reservoir, is I now need to work out a way of getting it from popping up the top, going down, going all the way down my uh, display base, going down a hole at the end of the display base, and then going and then building a reservoir underneath the display base to then go back up to the top again.
0: (laughs) Uh, sounds
2: complicated. I may have bitten off more than I can chew.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure we should be plugging you into the mains, to be honest with <laughs> you. That scares me slightly. But I can I can see the point. I was thinking about why you wouldn't um, maybe want to use like just a fish tank pump, like a water filter pump, because that essentially sucks water up and pumps it back out again. You can get them a bit more small and it's a bit smaller, and you can have um, maybe hidden it behind some rock, but you've still got the same problem of. Some kind of reservoir thing to return it, but making use of the the rocks is good, even if you had to cut off um um Guahir's more exotic cousins from the from the rocks <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. one's seen this apart from us three have they either said oh, we, we, we can picture this, but other people are thinking, what are they on about? back
2: well what i 'm going to do is usually i sort of I tend to post pictures as i 'm doing projects, whereas I think this time i 'm going to wait until the project is finished so that at least it makes sense rather than people me posting it and being like, I'm making my display paste, and people are like going, What is this guy smoking? <laughs> <laughs> like, because at the moment it looks rubbish. Um, but that's because I'm building all the foundation for it all to sort of go on. But, um, I, I promise, I promise it will look reasonably okay.
0: Let's <laughs> hope so we don't get any 10,000 volts through that parrot and, and everything will be all right. <sighs> but, <laughs> no, it's going um, to be cool. It's, it's definitely going to be cool. I'm. Mean, it's more interested in how much water you're going to need and how you're going to you're going to return it. But I suppose that's the that's the the, the tricky part of it all.
1: But...
2: The um the actual returning of the sorry. This, once again, this is nothing. This sounds like it's nothing to do with Middle Earth. But <laughs> the actual returning of the water is probably the easiest part of it. <laughs> the the hardest part is making it so that you get it from one end of your display board to the other. Right. Whilst also having your display board looking in a certain way without it looking too obvious that you've basically made a a little reservoir to go all the way down the display base.
0: Yeah, so so you're going to have any um, sort of clear resin at all for water, or is it all going to be real water?
2: Um, It's going to be real water. Um, I probably won't use clear resin because then that will throw off, um, because if you pour the clear resin in, you're then going to create a flat surface, Uh which essentially don't want so what's actually better to use in this situation is to use clear varnish
0: yeah i was going to say if you had to do such a thin layer of the resin and then it would only cover the contours and then it would do that but if you can get a thick enough varnish then i'm yeah that'll that'll be perfect as well so the boat's going to be secured in or are they going to keep floating (laughs) down the edge of the board
2: They're basically going to be moving around in circles um, and they're going to just quack occasionally. Basically, they're like, um, instead of um, the little boats that they've got in there, I've just got um, uh, 28 mil swan pedalos. Brilliant. The the boats are actually proving the trickiest part to find at the moment. Um, I've got a friend who has a 3D printer, so he's looking into potentially uh, boats. Boats for me, but oh,
0: I'm, nice. No, I'm really looking for I, nice. I, I can picture where you're getting out. I mean, I'm teasing a little bit, but I can, I can picture where you're going the potential, but you don't kill yourself. Um, I, th- I
2: think it helps because you and Dan have both seen the first <coughs> theater, um, diorama that I made years ago, where, yeah. um, which featured, featured a Titan on Prospero. Um, but obviously, this is on a much smaller scale. <laughs> So actually yeah, it's, it's harder putting it on a smaller scale Than it is putting it on a large scale
0: We've also seen the tank that, that we used to play what, what song did you have it playing?
2: Oh uh, there Combine was a, Harvester <laughs> Yeah there was a um, a Bane blade that had a rotating Combine Harvester um, Bit on the front and it played the Wurzel's Combine Harvester <laughs> As it went and um, I'd like to say that it uh, Destroyed my enemies but Dan knows Fully well that it did naffle before getting blown up <laughs> Yes.
1: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pick the best targets for that.
2: <laughs> still, still one of my best games of all time.
1: <laughs> it was good fun, but chain fists on something you're running that into. This good is times. true.
0: Good uh, times. I think it's going to look great. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Final question: Could you not get battery-operated one? Who's a way of doing it battery-operated, so it's not quite as dangerous? Or um...
2: so the battery-operated. So this one the pump is meant to be in water it is a water pump so that's completely safe. The <laughs> electrics part of it is all done it's pre made. I can't claim any That's good.
0: That makes me feel any, a bit better.
2: Yeah, that that's all all I've done is I've take the pump comes as a separate part and you put it in to the parrot thing when you get it. <laughs> yeah. So actually I don't have to do anything from that point of view. Um it, it is completely safe. <laughs> Good. Anyone Good.
1: who's zoned out to deal with unruly children, or is doing this at work or something, and is just tuning back into the <laughs> section of the conversation is we, going to be very confused. <laughs>
0: yeah, and we are still talking about pumps. Cool. Um, so, have, have you got? Is, was that it for your catch-up, or have you got anything else before <laughs> yes. we? Is that it? <laughs> is that it? Before we move on to Dan, I don't want to cut you off at all, but uh, I no, need no, to stop asking you um, questions about pumps.
2: No, no. Was, uh, I think that's it Um, I've 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 just been a lot more thinking about Middle Earth in the last couple of weeks than I have been for the last few months I've been on sort of like a not a low point that's the wrong term but I'm definitely the last few weeks ever since you two recorded the New Year Hobby podcast that you did um, I've been really excited about Middle Earth again and I've been on the ball with it a lot more so Mm -hmm. not necessarily doing a lot but I'm thinking about it a lot more and I'm excited about it so I think that's I haven't done anything, but I'm thinking about stuff. So, yeah, that's the end of my segment. I'll stop rambling now. <laughs> Damn.
1: Well, how do you follow that, really? I- I've not been sawing the head off anything. Uh, and I'm not using water in anything except to, you know, rinse my brushes out or occasionally just dribble down myself. Um, <laughs> I have, however, been uh, beavering away on the old hobby bingo. Um, I think hobby bingo is brilliant. I really wish there were versions of it for the other systems I play or had been in the past, because I think it's such a really cool way of incentivizing you to do more hobby, find inventive ways, almost try and cheat, not cheat per se, but if you can do little bits that, you know, I I can try and do a couple of squares with this particular item and that kind of stuff. I've been enjoying that. Um, I managed to nail one of what some might consider one of the harder ones uh, to receive and then fully finish and paint uh, a model within 48 hours. I uh, did my Galadriel, uh, which has been posted to some of the social media and some of the groups, so some people have seen it. Had some very complimentary comments, which I'm incredibly grateful for. Um, Really gutted, though, because I finally found a use for Scale 75 White Alchemy, uh, which, for those of you who know it will know what it looks like. For those of you who don't, it's essentially metallic white. Um, And I managed to utilize that on Galadriel. it doesn't show up in any photos whatsoever <laughs> which is fantastic and that's just the way it goes sometimes but very happy with that and it also nailed me my uh, 600 points of good because I've uh, painted 600 points of Lothlorien now uh, within 2020 so that's not bad. Um, last couple of weekends I've been working through the Red Earth movies Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Uh, I've done all six extendeds uh, I think my other half's about to leave me, but uh, (laughs) it's done, Um, and uh, I've read The Hobbit as well as listened to most of Fellowship of the Ring, the uh, Phil Dragash, Uh so yeah, it's been uh, full steam ahead on the old uh, hobby of late, which has been really nice. I was supposed to play a game yesterday, but unfortunately uh, my opponent wasn't very well, so that got postponed, but uh, there's still plenty to be done, I've um, got a few bits in the pipeline for for further gaming before the event so I can uh, get some practice in hopefully with the elves so yes it's, it's not been bad at all and uh, more than anything else is I've been paying more attention to the hobby in general as Sam would say but it's been more in my thoughts um, I've put together my chariot into sub-assembly I've been browsing a lot more Instagram and Facebook looking at um, what people are working on which has been really fun there's some really good hobby going on right now um, oh is it painting in ardor uh, he's building Helms Deep at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the one. Yeah,
1: I've been nice. I've been keeping an eye on that. That is properly cool. Um, and the, the, I mean, there's loads of really good stuff going on, but that's a particular highlight for me recently. I've been enjoying watching bits and the idea of using uh, the old PlayStation 2 game to uh, almost walk around it. Yeah. To get an idea of it, to work out perspectives and stuff Ooh, is very. I might cool. have to
0: grab that actually. I used to I I used to have it. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I was quite, I was quite stoked on that. So, uh, yes, it's been, it's been good for hobby recently. And yeah, well, obviously, th- picked up uh, the match play guide, uh, which I've had a, a, a cursory flick through. I'll admit, I've not read it uh, from letter to letter as I intended, but I've been doing other hobbies, so I don't feel too bad about it.
0: Absolutely, and we, yeah, you've, you've probably read about as much as i have of it really we've i've skimmed it and we'll cover it more in the in the next section but definitely focused on reading the new stuff in there rather than the or going through some of the existing stuff but uh i mean youtube both seem to put yourself down all the time about well, you seem like you should come to each show even though we're like recording nearly every week at the moment with a massive list of stuff and you seem apologetic but you've actually both done loads of stuff so i wouldn't, I wouldn't worry whatsoever absolutely loads um so what have i done um I've um, I've ticked a couple of boxes off, and I wouldn't think I would, actually. I've um, f- finished reading, well, got through two of um, the Phil Dragash ones, so that's ticked off me uh, Me getting through a book thing. Um, and then I ticked off the scenery one, because I've been working on stuff for Flotsam and Jetsam. Um, and I've finally finished some stuff, rather than kind of tinkering away at building some stuff, but not painting it, so I... Um, Posted and pictures up yesterday i think it was as we were recording of some hobbit holes i made i used some tt combats um halfling houses i think they're called they're super cheap like 4.99 for four mdf um houses and people that know tt combat stuff it's um cheap cheerful but quite basic so there's not layers and layers of detail and things on there but um what I did rather than build them into these little square houses um I just used the fronts with the doors and then the sides and sort of turned them into the the, the, the sort of the fronts of the hobbit houses so they're like a budget version of the the forge world thing and then built um built the actual hills up using XPS phone. um stuck it on and lots of painting and lots of flock and stuff and they come out alright um very quick jobs i mean beautiful. They they look really good in, in photos and stuff. I mean, I've not spent loads of time on them. I think I, I airbrushed the actual fronts of them sort of a cream colour and then pretty much painted everything in with contrast. Um, and it sort of picked up on the... There's a little bit of wood grain on there, so that picks up quite nicely. Um, and then just put some sort of use some sort of the what colour is it? The um snake bite leather contrast, sort of thin that and painted it down so there's like some staining on the on the white, used a bit of stippling and stuff. So there's nothing nothing sort of too taxing about the paint jobs, but it works and then just adding loads and loads of different tufts and flowers and things really, really brings it to life. So I finished four of those and they're quite two of them are quite big hill spaces. So you know almost sort of twelve, fifteen inches across. So they're quite big hills. Um and I picked up some Jarvis um scenics as well. And the one's a little sort of run down little hovel shack sort of thing. And I think it's designed for twenty mil. it's a bit small, but it's perfect for hobbits. Just looks like the right size, right scale for them for having like a little rundown shed. So I've airbrushed some inks on that, added the same sort of flocks and flowers and things on it. Um and I've just been tonight just been finishing off some barrels and fences and things as well. So apart from basing some trees, the uh, the shire tables type shy tables done. Um I've gone from sort of using a couple of the tables at the store for for Phloxam and jetson doubles. I've decided to make basically make six new tables myself. So each of the ten tables there will be from my own stock, so to speak. Um, I might want to stop there after that otherwise I'll have nowhere to keep it all. But um, um the stuff I've got ordered and and that's um, that I've already got now should should fill those up. I've ordered some um some scenery from 3D tabletop. So, I met uh, Sean Creed, I think his name is. I met Sean, I think, last January. I think he was at Mel's event. But I definitely played him first game at Call to Moria last year and had a little chat with him there. And he does some nice um, 3D printed terrain. So, I've ordered some, or got, and received some dwarf pillars, which will go on my Moria table. And I've got like an Ammon Hen type thing coming as well. So, there's going to be an Ammon Hen table as well. Um, I think the trophies have all arrived from Whitefoot 3D. So um that's Jack Whitefoot's uh 3D printing business as well. So it's all about the three D printing at the moment. So they've they've arrived. Need me to paint them up. Um I've got some I don't have you guys have ever seen Woodland Scenics ready grass?
2: Yes, I believe so. So it's probably not, not known what it
1: was.
0: So if you go in a like a railway shop and you get those rolls of like pre flocked paper you must, yeah, yeah. You must seen those? So ready grew up. Gw used to do it. Yes, exactly. They had the, They also had the big eight by four, six by four, like a cloth version, didn't they? That had like fabric on the bottom side, black fabric, and then the grass on the top. Um, Wooden Scenics do one that's not paper backed, um, so it, it's not designed to be. Well, it probably is designed to be, but you don't it doesn't need to be stuck down on something. It's actually PVC backed, so you oh. can get a lot of. Um, game mats at the moment you get the pvc ones are a bit cheaper but i always find that they catch the sunlight look a bit glossy um but other than that they're quite usable but so these wooden scenes ready grass um is is perfectly flocked really really quite hard wearing doesn't doesn't rub off too well and it's pvc underneath so they just sit flat once you've got them on the table and for 37 quid you can buy 100 inches by 50 inches so you can get two four by four I've tried to trim some, but you trim a little bit off, two inches down the down the side and whatever, but you can make two by four tables out of it. So for like like under twenty pounds, you've got two mats rather than buying mouse pad ones. Um and I'm gonna use those for one for the the shire board, because there's so much flock on those hills. It's a bit more old skyles old style sort of building. And they look a bit weird on mats. You don't get the shade completely to match the map which is really hard to do because I'm especially buying these before my mats have arrived they kind of stand out they look a bit weird from the nice printed thing on these mouse pack things so I thought I'll go for the more traditional style looking table so two of the tables will be in these Woodland it's ready grass stuff I'll probably do the uh you know, either the Amon Hen one or I've got a got some stuff arriving that will be like a sort of Arnold ruins. One of those will also be in that kind of style, but the rest will all be sort of on, on mouse pad game maps. But just really cheap, really cheap way of doing it. So rather than spending like next to fifty pounds on a four by four mouse pad for about twenty quid you can get one of these. Um so if people haven't looked at that already, well well worth looking online. Um I haven't done any kind of personal hobby at the moment because it's all been about prepping for for the event and stuff. I'm not complaining, I'm really enjoying doing it, but it does mean that my like I hypothesise my own stuff's kind of lagging a little bit. I've picked up a couple of uh eBay bargain ends, plastic ends. I got one for about ten quid and one for about fourteen, which is obviously a lot cheaper than the new inbox. They're completely unpainted, just clipped off the sprue. So um yeah, just slowly slowly getting things ready for, for later in the year for that. Um that's pretty much it. Did I talk about Flotsam and Jetsam singles last episode or not? I can't remember, boys.
2: I cannot remember. I don't, don't think, think you I,
0: did. No, I don't think I did. So I, th-
2: I think you brushed on the idea of it, and you mentioned that you'd be doing another event. I'm not sure. If yeah, you're that, that might be
0: what I did. So I put out. A, I put out a basically a save the date primer. Um, that uh, myself and um, Ben Stanley so Ben's out of the country at the moment otherwise he'd have been helping me run the the doubles but um, myself and Ben Stanley are going to run a singles event on the 3rd of October at Corn Gaming keeping to the Flotsam and Jetsam theme it's not really a brand but we're keeping the name for it and um, we're doing a singles event on that day and the plan is as it stands um, that the full pack will go out and tickets will be on sale in April time so after doubles has finished but maybe a week after it or something like that um the pack may go out a little bit before if i get it done in time um but it's going to be um 500 points four rounds um lots of the similar kind of stuff that you you're seeing at the doubles so your multiple painting awards not just one best painted award um keep the the momentous moments going um and then scoring i've decided to do it a bit like Throne of Skulls because it was me banging on about how much I love the the Throne of Skulls sort of set up so it will be something that's sort of fairly heavily weighted in, in, in your sportsmanship and your, your hobby so um thought it would be something a little bit different out there, this is not going to be a, a GBHL style event so why not make it a little bit more um, fluffy and see how it goes see if people like it or not But as I said, that's just a a concept and date booked at the moment. I don't even know how many tables I'm going to be able to... I know how much space I've got. It's whether how many more tables I can build. And I could easily get... uh, um, 16 tables in, maybe 18 tables, but um, we'll have to see how many people might like to come along, and um, and how many more tables of terrain I need to organise, because I want the tables to be for semi-decent, and I'm not sure that I want to build six more tables worth of stuff, or can afford to. So it's how much I can get our lovely sponsor, Chipper Incon Gaming, to um, add some, some stock of Middle-Earth-style terrain, because you've got plenty of stuff that's for, obviously for 40k and AOS and stuff, but I want it to be Generally fitting. I don't want it to be just too much stuff that's kind of multi-purpose. We'll, but we'll have to see how it goes. But that's me. That's me rambling. Really, I think so. We've, we we always think we haven't done much. We've all actually done a fair bit in the last sort of week or so since we've since we've recorded. Um, is there any other news or anything we need to cover before we go for a break? My mind's gone blank. I don't think there's been anything released has there since.
2: No so the match play guide. No, the match playbook I think is the only.
0: Oh, I think the cards got announced, didn't they, a couple of days ago? Yes. Officially now, rather than the leak. So Yeah,
1: I think there was a bit of slippage, but you can't really take a, an unofficial, probably leaked, uh, potential uh, release guide as a gospel, can you? So, I think it, they're just going to retailers,
0: aren't they? No, I think it's going to be a week or so later. And it's a re-release anyway, so um, really good. for. The, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be waiting until I get round to the the... The set with the fellowship in because that's the, I'm literally just missing the fellowship. So if anyone out there wants to sell me the fellowship cards to save me buying a whole pack, then uh, let me know. But um, I can't remember if the elves are included
1: in this bunch. I might be get getting.
0: He was the first three. So you got the magic cards. If you hadn't picked mm. those up, might be handy. Yeah, uh, now I've got Kellaborn.
1: Haha, uh-huh, got it right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and I can't remember. I can't remember which order they came in. Um, uh, but wasn't it? Um- all of the Pelennor. Yes, that's it. So, Fallen Realms, maybe? Yeah, Fallen Realms, Pelennor, and Mordor. Mordor, yeah, that rings a bell. So yeah, I think that's the... It's, so whatever was the first release bundle, first three, or, and the card, and then the magic cards, I think they're the ones that are coming out. So I'm assuming that they'll keep to that thing again, so that'll be the second... What happened? I can't remember. At some point, I'll be buying the set with the Fellowship in if I haven't managed to obtain the Fellowship cards before between now and then. Um... Right, so if we've got nothing else to cover, let's go for a break. And when we come back, we will talk all about the
2: match play guide. The hour grows late and Blandalf Grey Plastic comes seeking my counsel. You are sure of this, Blandalf? Yes, the event is fully painted.
0: It was in the event pack under my nose the whole time. Yet you
2: did not have the wit to see it. Your love for the Facebook group has slowed your mind. We must join him, Blandalf. The commission painter, we must be fully painted. When did Surly Man the White give in to madness? But I am now Surly Man of many colours.
0: Miniature Realm Studio is a commission painting service. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or contact us directly at miniaturerealmstudio at gmail.com. You have elected the way of paint! And we're back. Welcome to the Council of Elrond when we discuss the match play guide. So this uh, this came out um, Saturday's re recording, so it's um, Tuesday now, isn't it? So uh, we've only had the book for a couple of days. Um, and it's. Uh, we were hypothesising last time about what format it was going to be in, and we, we joked at the time saying that people would have known because they would have had the hands on it at the open day, but it was paperback, um, and it's a 48-page sort of small booklet, um, which is, I'd say, nice and light. Would fit fits nicely in with your um, um, general's handbook kind of stuff, your general's pack. So for me, it'll fit in my really useful box I've got with all my counters and stuff without taking up too much space. Nice and easy and light to take. But... Um, I think we're just going to have a bit of an overview, really, and talk about some of the, the the key new things. So, so, so Dan, sort of, give us a bit of a an overview of what the book is and and what we're going to find yeah. in it.
1: A oh, whistle stop tour, so to speak. Yes. Um, well, as you said, forty eight page softback book, um, similar size pages. I uh, don't think it's quite A four, is it? This is the odd size that you get publications in, but. Um, Actually, the first thing I thought when I picked this up is thought, how little st- amount of stuff could I possibly get away with taking to events? Because I find the amount of books sometimes I have to take a bit of an off putting. Yeah. So I'm thinking this, the general's sort of guide with your quick fire sheet and everything else on it and your cards, is that going to be enough to play with? I think it might be.
0: I think so. I think if you've got, like ourselves, we both use iPads and we'll, if we take them there with your books on. Um, with the digital versions, I've got sort of digital and I've got the enhanced on a couple of them. Um, there's a couple of errors in them. I think some of them have But um I But yeah, I, I don't want to take my hardback books with me. They're far too heavy. I'll have them there when I'm running the event later in the year because it's good to have them. But it will be... I've got an A4 um, really useful box. It's designed to hold a ream of paper, essentially. And it has an insert tray. And the tray, I've got my counters and stuff in. And then underneath it... I've got my, um, my my quick play guide, um, my my measuring stick and stuff like that, and I used to have or still have my um, little sleeve with all my, my scenarios, and um, well, this book will just fit in there perfectly. And it's there's nothing to it, um, so it's not going to be adding any weight. It's um, it's like a I don't want to sort of down sell it, but it's 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 definitely like the page is the same quality that you'll have in any book. Um, the cover is quite a thin soft cover, isn't it? It's not a magazine at all but it's kind of um
1: it reminds me of the old um the old books actually used to get for lord of the rings sorry
0: my uh my apple watch just just told me it doesn't understand what we're talking about so <laughs> uh,
1: it speaks for everyone i think <laughs> uh, but it, it reminds me very much of the size of the old um sort of campaign books you actually used to get for the original version all of of the ring yes
0: yes absolutely so it, yeah it's like one of those little um one of those like the, the scouring book or something like that it's that kind of size that's a really good way of describing it cool so um so what's in it then What's sort of what what's covered in the book
1: well um i don't think we're going to go through it uh, line by line there's uh, already countless youtubes uh Videos out there that do that as much, and and to be fair, most people who are half interested at the price point it's at are probably going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reliably informed it has now sold out, but they will reprint it. Wow! So um, that's you know that's always a good sign, um, but it didn't sell out within 20 minutes. I didn't know so, that at uh, all.
0: That is really good. I mean, obviously it's available digitally as well, so it's not something you you can't get your hat. I, I bought it on. I couldn't wait in the morning. I didn't know whether the postman's going to turn up, so I just thought. <laughs> And it's only nine ninety nine through Apple Books, so I just just bought it on there as well. Honestly, I knew I'd have it on on my iPad, so yeah. But yeah, if you if you haven't picked it up and you use um, digital publications, you just grab it on there. It's more than enough. Sorry, I'm interrupting you.
1: No, no, it's um, I'd completely forgotten about uh, being able to get digital, so it's worth noting. So for those who are now going to be waiting for a reprint, if they do want to get their hands on it, they still have that option, mm-hmm. which is always nice. Um, but yeah, uh summarise, it is pretty much a, a one-stop shop to setting up an event. It doesn't necessarily have to be a tournament, although obviously it does touch on that. It gives you a recommended tournament style. Um, I did find the uh, players may only use official Citadel and Forge miniatures at the event at the beginning. Uh, I thought, yep, yeah. <laughs> no worries. I it missed that, to be honest with you. No, I it made myself. me laugh, I thought slightly disingenuous of uh, GW to publish anything that didn't say that, really, wouldn't it? Um, but it, it sort of gives you what they would recommend. Um, I get the feeling this some of this may be gleaned from their experience of running events as part of their events team, which mm-hmm. is really useful because that can be quite daunting when running events. Some You've run some, I've run some. I've, it If you don't know anyone who's previously done it, who, if you don't have a really good backup, it's incredibly difficult to find out how to do it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I de- it's definitely a blueprint for the events we're going to see at, at, at Warhammer World. I know that, um, we'll get onto it in more detail later, um, the the double scenarios and the outline of how a double's event should be ran. Um, there was only one thing that was different to what I'm running for Flotsam and Jetsam, and that's down to how you choose which of the, the two armies is the, they call it the primary um, and I sort of referred to it as sort of the overall leader, the, the the army leader for that for that battle, and that's the only thing I've done differently. And it may well have something to do with that. I used the the Throne of Skulls doubles pack as uh, for a large part of the the inspiration of how I would would, would run flotsam jetsam doubles. Um, they yeah. had a, a a a neat way of of dealing with the problem of um. um Legendary Legion's not been able to ally, um, so I've used that, and that's the, the same rule that, that's in this book, so I won't go through that now, but so that makes sense. Um, it's interesting that you said about the mini- miniatures in there, because obviously that means that I imagine now that they'll put out a pack that just says, this is it, which would be interesting if people are going to an event, and and I suppose they'll need it, because they'll have the scenarios in, so you've kind of got to buy this, haven't you? Um, just yeah. like you would I, I with the core rules, and...
1: Mm, I think, to be honest, um, they don't, GW don't have anything official currently that's not been played. There's nothing outstanding. There's nothing mm-hmm. that people have bought tickets for they yet to play. So we may see this as the blueprint for everything that they do yeah, officially I, going I, it,
0: forward. It, well, it will be. And to yeah. be fair, they don't give you the scenarios anyway. You you you, you you know they tell you what the scenarios are that you're playing but you've still got to bring your own your own um, rule books and cards and all the other things with you so having to now buy this book to have access to the extra six um, single scenarios and the double scenarios should be going to the doubles event when that's announced later in the year then then so be it I say I suppose I think the only issue they may have in the short term is if it takes I don't know when the reprint will be if the reprint wasn't say until the singles for the gt so the gt and people hadn't bought this and they maybe weren't in a position where they had a an ipad or something that they could take the pdf with them and um, there may be people sharing uh <laughs> popping their head over to the next table and finding out what, what what do we have to do in this scenario there is a potential for that i imagine but um
1: there may be dispensation for that you know they, i don't think they're entirely unreasonable regardless yeah No,
0: no, absolutely. I mean, it's something I will have to think about for Fotsom and and Jetsom. Hopefully, with the four people around each of the ten tables, um, one of those four people will have a copy of this book, or in one form or another. Um, I don't want to be having to walk around each table and saying this is this. That's again, that's only if it's not not back in print again. I don't know how, and many of my uh, attendees won't have, wouldn't have bought it, but I we'll won't worry about that just yet. Um, I suppose if you're looking to turn around on the cards, it might give you some idea. Yeah, yeah. that's. Um, I It's whether there was a decision around whether they were going to reprint those straight away or whether that was a discussion after the the third sort of lot ran out. I don't know. It's difficult to know. Um,
1: if anyone wants to phone in and tell us how, then uh, they're <laughs>
0: welcome to do so. <laughs> I suppose in some ways the cards, you didn't need them to play. Um, these extra six scenarios and you do need to go to mm. a certain event. So that, that's the only argument. And again, it's not a complaint. That's the only thing they would say. Um, but I'm glad it's sold out, which is really, really good. And I think it's a great... First thing, I think the, we, we said it's small and thin, etc. That's not detraction. I think it's great value. And if you... Um, If you only played narrative play and you were playing in your garage at home, then you you probably don't need it if you only played the narrative scenarios. If you play, like most people do, from the normal sort of what were 12 um, scenarios that are now 18, you're going to want a copy of this book um, because it's great. Um, It's
1: also a foil to the... If if you need this, doing it small and pricing it at £12 Mm -hmm. is preferable to a £35 hardback that you may not need the majority of, but you want those extra six yeah. scenarios. Yeah, you don't want so, to be you
0: don't want to be you don't want to be in a position to um, validate um, the the main rule book, which I don't see changing for a long time, nor should it, because I think it's a fantastic addition, and I can't think of any rules that I'd really want to, in terms of core rules, that I'd want to see changed. Um, you hear people talking about things they'd like to see changed in an FAQ. They're going to be the odd profile, aren't they? People are always going to say Azog and stuff like that. But people aren't talking about the core, core rules at all, they're widely regarded as the the best revision of the rules since the since the game's been out. So, so, we, so we come I in. We got to. We keep going off on these little tangents. Did we get a bit of an overview of what people will find in the book, or did I? Did we go off on a tangent uh, before I think that? we
1: got as far as uh, the rough overview that sort of sets you up for how to run. An event, cool. um, including some really handy returns of the uh, copyright Games Workshop permission to photocopy, etc. That's always good. I like to see that. Yep, Hawkins, back to my uh, good old days of photocopying White Dwarfs in the school library. <laughs> so now I'm all for that. It's a bit of nostalgia. Um, next point you'd come to is the scenario pool system, which is one of my favourite bits of this. Um, particularly if you're trying to build something, or even even if you're just rolling up for a game down at your local club. If you know what kind of games you would like to play with your opponent, which games you enjoy or which games you don't want to play, because you've got certain armies that I've mentioned before, if Will and I play, we've both got dwarves, we're hardly going to want to play something that involves manoeuvring. We're going to want to play kill the enemy or object scenarios or something of that ilk. So it gives you the opportunity to just roll for it.
0: Yeah, and for, for people who maybe didn't listen to the last show when we were talking about the, what was going on in the book or have missed out, um, so the, what they've done with the pools is they've taken the, the 12 existing match play scenarios, added the the remaining six, so we've got 18 scenarios now. And rather than having two tables, they've, they've created six pools where they group together the scenario types in groups of three. So that you you can roll on pool type and then roll on the scenario, or you could say pick a pool type and then roll on the scenario. And they've so to give you an idea, I won't list them all now because we're going to refer back to these when we talk about some of the new scenarios. But pool type number one is Maelstrom of Battle scenarios. There's three of them. Um, there's heirlooms, which people know, Hold Ground, and one of the new ones, Command the Battlefield. So those are all grouped in there. So if you don't want to play, in, if you're out down the club and you don't want to play a Maelstrom of Battle scenario, well, you just don't roll on that table, um, and that gives you an. example of, of what they're all like so I think that's fantastic just like you just look like for the reasons you were saying down absolutely brilliant
1: yeah it's I think they're brilliant I think it's a really nice way of doing it and I, th- I hope to see that replicated amongst uh, other game systems that Games Workshop does if I'm honest
0: yeah it'd be really good to see and you even I mean people remember back to me talking about Throne of Skulls and about you know having the coming up against um, Rohan with the the dwarves in um, um, Reconnoiter wasn't it and, uh, and those kind of things at least that will only happen to you once in an event you're not going to be in a situation where you've rolled up another kind of heavily mov- movement reliant um, scenario that doesn't match your army if you're dwarves, for example. Um, so it would mean if you're going to a five or six round event um, and the TO chooses to only roll on each table once, which I imagine the way where most people would go, um, that if you've got something that doesn't, you know, you, you try to build a balanced list, but you can't cover all, all avenues, that you'll only get lucky one in those five or six rounds.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 it's really good. And uh, I think it's also fairer. So, after that, we go into the scenarios proper. So, Mm. we're not going to touch on the the standard 12. We all know those, hopefully. Um, So, we'll pick up from scenario 13, which is command the battlefield, as you touched on before.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So, uh, what we'll do is we'll we'll sort of give the scenario outline, and then we'll pick up a few few bits here and there. So, scenario outline for command the battlefield is, the battlefield is divided into quarters, control the most to achieve victory.
0: Cool. So... I think I mentioned it in that example I gave in a moment. That a moment ago, that is a maelstrom, a battle scenario. So it's got your usual map on there that tells you the sides you'll come on when you roll. Um, it's uh, it lasts until you're quartered, um, and then you're picking up victory points for having a number of models in in each one of those um table quarters at the end and you score more and more victory points depending on number of models that are in there um versus number of your 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 opponents um you get um victory points for leader um, and for broken as well and i think in the center of the table there's a 12 inch um um circle where you don't get any um, points at all and I think that's called worthless land So, and that's it in, in a nutshell really, so it's the maelstrom deployment there that will kind of do, does what it normally does and stick people all over the place, um, so quite a lot of moving around but um, it will definitely get people scratching their heads
1: Yeah, I think it's just a variation on something tried and tested which is sometimes really good So, scenario 14 retrieval, reclaim what was stolen by the enemy and escape the battlefield with it
0: fantastic so this one's got um more of a, an unusual um setup than, than than some of the others so retrieval falls in um pool three which is an on object scenario so this is weird so you you pick a corner of your table um and then 15 inches in you place a relic and the idea is that you've got to go and kind of grab your your opponent's relic um, and you, again you're going to score a point for moving your your opponent's relic um more points if you've got hold of it in your opponent's half even more if you've got it in your half um, i think and if you get it off one of your two board edges because you deploy diagonally in this which i should have mentioned um, then you can get the maximum amount of victory points for it um, so I think yeah, you can probably diagonally apart from like a, a six-inch strip down the middle of the table, um, and then it's got um, victory points for killing enemy leader, I think, and broken as well. So quite interesting, I think. There was the relic is a light object that so is easy enough. Um, I think there was one thing that stuck out for me when I was looking through, and I can't remember if it was on this scenario.
1: Um, you can return it try and get back to where it was originally that
0: was it, the only thing that I thought that potentially could be an issue would be, if you're you're at an event it definitely wouldn't be an issue for me if I'm playing a in a a relaxed format, but I think you're supposed to try, aren't you supposed to try and return your own, so say someone has moved your relic but they died and left it you're supposed to, as quickly as possible, return it to its place. Is it that, that? Is that this one? Yeah, i have tried yeah, to find it.
1: Out. I, when I was reading it for yesterday, I you can retake it by friendly model. Return it to the original position. Yeah, and you're supposed possible. to do
0: it as quickly as possible. That the only thing that that line seems a bit ambiguous to me. So what does that mean? Cause I know in 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 some of the profile rules, um, like Bard, when he's um, when his kids are killed, you've got to move towards um, and charge the you charge if you can the person that's um, that killed them and move and if you can't get to them you've got to move directly towards them so it a take the shortest route etc this seems to be devoid of that kind of description of how you do it so you could say well what does what as quickly as possible mean certainly so, you know you might have someone at an event saying well uh, I'm going to go this way because it might slow me down by doing you know what I mean it could be a little bit hopefully they wouldn't. you wouldn't have anyone that, that, that tries anything funny but it did, the wording there did seem a little bit like I might be overreacting to it but I just read it thinking didn't really have a kind of you must move in a direct line, um, but allowed to move around obstacles if it makes you quicker, that kind of thing. It just says as quick as possible, which seems a little bit ambiguous.
1: Well, it's got the one two finish on uh, if a force has been broken, so maybe yeah. they're just trying to give you the impetus to consider that that may happen. Maybe there it's a it's a hard, if you know what I mean, like, like in the highway code, if it's in red, you must do it. Yeah, um, I don't know which one of the two, maybe, uh. We can bend the ear of Jay at some point and see what he thinks. Mm -hmm. Next scenario, scenario 15, Breakthrough. Capture the areas of the battlefield that are worth the most to your opponent.
0: Fantastic. So this is in Pool 2, and it's a hold objective scenario. Um, So that's in in there with domination and capture and control. Um, So this is one where you've got four objectives, I believe. Um, And you've got two on the kind of the halfway line of the table and two that are in your own objectives so i believe it was going to be two, like 12 inches in so in the center so you've got that kind of square diamonds diamond sort of sided um and it ends on quartering um and you've got to be within three inches of your your objectives basically. Um so you get different different victory points for beam within three inches of the different objectives at different points of the table. So as I said, very, very similar to y- your domination and capture control type scenarios anyway. Um yeah, it's pretty straightforward really. Yeah. You can deploy your whole it, really. yeah, deploy your whole twenty four inches in. So very, 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 very similar to to some of the others that are already on there.
1: Scenario 16, destroy the supplies. Destroy your opponent's supplies while protecting your own. So, um, destroy the supplies in
0: pool 3... I believe. Um, and that is an object scenario. So that's that's in there with seize the prize and another new one which is retrieval which we've already covered. Um, so again, this is 12 inch in deployment and then on that 12 inch line you each have three objectives kind of one in the centre and then two equidistant between the uh, that centre and then your board edge depending on whether it's a 6x4 or 4x4 four four table you're playing on. And um, Du, 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 du. Again, this one I think ends when you've quartered, um, and essentially trying to do is two victory points for each enemy for each enemy supply market that's been destroyed. So you've got to go and spend a whole turn by one of them, I believe. Um, not shooting. Yeah. you can't have done anything that turn, so you can't cast any magic or shot or fort or anything like that. And you spend a, spend your whole turn with it to the end of the turn, then it's destroyed. Um, so you're trying to get across and basically kill your your opponent's Ooh. supplies. I like
1: that. If I do get the old uh, ring race, because you just uh, paralyze or transfix <laughs> everyone, and they they can't claim any. That, nice.
0: That, yeah, you sit them at the back and almost um, almost sweeper, aren't you? Clearing off any and forward attackers trying to get near your stuff. Um, so it's a two victory points for each one. Destroy one for causing more wounds on the enemy leader. So it's got leader, it's got broken, it's got banner in there. Um,
1: yeah, pretty good. Bit of a slog on that one. I think that could be a lot of could fun. Could
0: be. It really depends on the kind of force you bring, which is so common. I keep knocking my microphone while I'm turning pages of this book. Um, so much like all of the scenarios in this game, they can play wildly different depending on what you turn up with, which is good. And that's what you want about building a balanced force to um, take on each of the different types.
1: Scenario seventeen: Divide and conquer. With your army split in two, claim the key areas of the battlefield. Go on, Stu. uh, Describe how this deployment looks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So so this is in Pool 5, which is a manoeuvring scenario. So that's in there with Reconnoiter and Storm the Camp. Um, Probably a little bit easier on shorter legs, if I'm thinking of my dwarf hat on, than uh, Reconnoiter and Storm the Camp in some ways. Um, So you've both, both sides will roll the d6 to see who deploys first. And then side A will pick one corner. So they're like little 12 inches in from the corner of the table. So you've got these kind of little little, um, little semicircles in the corner. Um, so you deploy your first, um, your first warband, I think. Play just deploys uh, their warbands anywhere within 12 inches as a corner A. Then the other player does the same. Um, and then... Afterwards oh, you, you flip. go to the other corner. You go A, B, A, B, A, B. That's right. So you're kind of your your army will be split between two opposite corners of the table. Um, so yeah, first wallbang goes down in one corner and then the next player, first wallbang goes down in and their deployment a and then the next one goes point b and so on so you basically end up your army split staring at each other or staring at itself <laughs> across the table <laughs> and then you've got three objectives along the center line again so one right in the center and then the other two equidistant between the, the center and the, the edge of the board um and um you can end on broken on a roll of a, a one or two um, and then you're again trying to get within three inches of the central objective, I think. Um, and then, and then one victory point for the three inches of the others, I believe. I'm reading through as as talking, so. Uh, might, yeah, get might, might, me- might get the I've read all these before but in terms of sticking in my head until you start playing them or for personally until I play them they don't tend to stick in very well but so we might have got the odd detail wrong but I'm just trying to give you a bit of an overview so yes you're getting three more victory points for the centre one and then um, slightly less for being three inches of the further out which really makes sense because you've got further to go um, but cool I quite like there's nothing so far that I think oh I don't like that I don't want to play that there's not a kind of a even the manoeuvring ones, where normally a reconnoitre, I'd be like, oh god, <laughs> these all I quite like so far. I think would we wouldn't roll them up and go, oh, I quite like the idea of playing them all, so which is good. It's a good sign.
1: Yeah, I'm much the same, and uh, we've saved my favourite for last. Scenario 18: Assassination. Using your assassin, slay your target to achieve victory. So this is awesome. Yes,
0: it is good. So this is a pool six pool six. It's under unique scenarios along with Fog of War and Clash by Moonlight. So um I'm a big Fog of War fan. Um and this is very, very similar. So I, I like this as well. Um so your deployment is up to twenty-four inches. Um, and then you it's usual usual for the um, deployment, and then broken is, uh, end game ends on a 1 of 2, so it's normal broken rather than quartered, and basically you have to name an assassin, and, and you have to name a hero in your opponent's army that you're going to kill um, so yeah, you can get a victory point if you cause wounds, or more victory points if you have actually killed the, the, uh, killed the person you've noted down and um, and then if your target has been slain and your assassin caused the final wound, you get a full seven, so so you get, it sort of scales nicely, um, and then you've got points for leader, and you've got points for broken as well, just sort of just sort of rounded out, but quite like it. It could be a bit of fun. I mean, sometimes it's not going to be fun when you're in smaller games, when you've got two heroes um and your hero your leader can't be the assassin i don't think so say for example i've got bard i'm playing a 500 point game and i've got bard and then um like hilda and a normal captain or well, hilda or my normal captain's going to have to be the assassin and then you go up against um i don't know Azog and Yasneg or something like that, and it might be a little bit harder for for Hilda to 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 try and kill Yasneg than it is to, than oh, yeah. it is for Yazneg to kill Bard or something like that. So there will be it will be better for some armies uh, than others, like any of these scenarios. But it's the kind of thing I like. I kind of it's good fun, and I love love Fog of War. So this is going to be up there with me for that kind of enjoyment. I think.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing through these. Um, to be fair, I've still not worked my way through the full twelve of the original, so it's just adding more fun for me. Really, take me longer to get through them all. And therein ends the uh, standards, so to speak, uh, single player scenarios
0: yeah absolutely i'm going to really quickly just because we can kind i of missed the first couple i'm just going to run through the pools again and read them out for those of you who know the, the normal 12 and haven't picked this book up yet um so pool one maelstrom a battle scenario so that's aliens of ages past hold ground and command the battlefield pool two is hold objective scenarios so domination capture and control and breakthrough Um pool three object scenario so seize the prize destroy the supplies and retrieval Pool 4 is kill the enemy scenarios and there's lords of battle, contest champions and to the death um, and then pool 5 is manoeuvring scenarios, storm the camp, reconnoiter an and divide and conquer and pool 6 is unique scenarios fog of war, clash by moonlight and assassination did we, I feel like we missed to the death
1: but um no I think we touched no. on to the cool um... To, to the death, I think, is one of the standards, isn't it? Yes, it is.
0: Yes, it is. I'm just being... That's uh, why we didn't touch it. Yeah. As I was <laughs> yeah, reading simple. it out there, I thought, that's different. No, it isn't. Um, right. So, I think the next thing we really want to talk about is the, um, the doubles scenarios. Um, now, they're not in any pools. There's just six. I'll say just. Six is more than enough. There's six double scenarios. There's a... There's a little bit about sort of army selection and how Legendary Legions work and things, and I, I don't want to go into loads of detail. But for those of you who have not um, played at a doubles event or looked at the Throne of Skulls pack, Legendary Legions obviously can't take allies. So if you're if you're if you're doubles, then that would eliminate any Legendary Legions from playing doubles, which would be real shame because they add so much flavour to the to the game at the moment. So the way around it is that you can only ally with yourself. So you end up both players will end up using the same Legendary Legion. Um, and then you but only one of you can use the, the each of the models in there want each of the heroes so your rule of one is, is in place a lot of the legendary legions will have a rule that states that you must select this person as your army leader um, so in that case the second army wouldn't be able to select that hero and basically kind of voids that rule but other than that they work as normal um, so you just kind of end up as one big legendary legion split into two legal armies apart from the caveat of the of you know the second arm, we wouldn't have to pick the compulsory thing. Um, but, um, yeah, other than that, I won't read out all the, the doubles rules to you, but if we just skim over the the scenarios. Do you want to take us through the headings and things again,
1: Dan? Yeah, I, I think we'll avoid doing the uh, description, perhaps, of the um, setups, because it's Devil's Own Pictionary, but few of those, isn't it? <laughs> I'll have to give it a go if it's interesting. Yeah, so I, I, a well, <laughs> keep <laughs> me at anyway... Right, scenario one, no escape kill as many of the enemy forces as possible while protecting your own in the center of the battlefield
0: so again this is a game that ends at quarter it's 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 really simple it's about killing people there's points for leader and for broken um and yeah i, I see where you go and it's quite hard to describe the setup of these but if you imagine your table with a deployment zone that's going vertically rather than horizontally um and you've got um Team A um, and Team B almost right next to each other for their primary part, parts of the army. So one, one of the player's armies and then the other two players start on the, the other sides of the table, far away from each other. Quite hard to describe, but really unusual scenarios. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing these played, or four of these um, six played at the event because um, I think they're really going to make people scratch their heads um, and think about their army choices. It's going to be interesting to see uh, Sam's what, remaining five or six members of the fellowship um when they're stuck on one side of the table and your few elves are stuck on the other <laughs> might, might, before, bows for, might provide you I, with some challenges bar uh,
1: should be fine <laughs> <laughs> uh, scenario two total conquest uh, there are five objective marks on the board control the most to achieve victory yeah
0: so this is a little bit more more straightforward and forward in some way so this is a maelstrom of battle scenario um, um, game ends on quartering um, and you get two victory points for each objective marker within three inches and if you've got no enemy um, near it, and it's sort of one victory point if there's some enemies there as well, etc, etc um, points for, for wounds on leader and broken and things as well um, again, it splits your it's maelstrom apart from um, the primary deployments so the primary um, armies of um, of of the partnerships, both end up right in the centre of the board in this kind of this big 12-inch circle, so in own little 6-inch um, semi-circle and then the player two's army all comes on piecemeal via Maelstrom, so you could have this fight going on in the centre between two of the players and then the secondary player um, secondary 2 players are coming on all over the place so you don't know where they're going to be so uh, again, total chaos I think is going to ensue where these models can come on all over the place I, I definitely think that these, and quite rightly so, while they're still match play, they're a little bit more fun um, with doubles. And doubles events tend to be like that, don't they? A little bit more people tend to go to them because they want a bit more of a laid-back experience. Um, so I think these. I hope they got
1: lots of space around tables. <laughs> for these, especially these.
0: Well, well uh, Yes, you're going to need it, aren't you? I've um, I've deliberately not squeezed as many tables in as I could physically for um, for Flotsam and Jetsam because I wanted. People to have a little bit more space, and it was already hard with with that many people around anyway. So, uh, right up to so scenario three,
1: take and hold, control the central objective to claim victory.
0: So much more straightforward. Um, so you've got one objective right in the centre, um, and you're getting more and more points depending on how many models you've got close to that versus your opponent, etc., etc. And then you've got again points for winning leader and points for broken. Um, so like, um, I can't remember which scenario it was called um, for the singles, but this has got that funny corner deployment again. So you're going to have, again, team A, primary. It's going to go in one corner. Their, their other half of their army going to go in the other and the same for an opponent. So you're going to have your armies in the four corners of the table all rushing towards this central objective. So again, chaos, fun. It's going to be really good if you've got fast-moving versus slower-moving stuff, so... We'll, I think it will test people out. but The uh,
1: sight of power special rule is quite interesting. Models within six inches of the objective marker gain the resistance to magic special rule and may re-roll failed fate rolls. Galadriel good. with a mirror next to that re- <laughs> recoup them all and re-roll them all.
0: <laughs> That's really good. Actually, you just got to get her there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's going to be good, though. It's going to be good. I quite like that. Yeah. Again, they're all fun. They all look like things you'd want to play. With your mates, with a few beers and stuff, this is exactly exactly what they should
1: be for double scenarios. So, what's scenario for then? Clash of Champions have both forces leaders killed more than the enemy two leaders.
0: So, this is a like a, a bit of a combination of the the similar styles for the singles, isn't it? Um, standard top twenty four inch deployment. So, your halves you can be right up and against each other. Um, game ends at quarter, um, and it's about your enemy. It's about your leaders killing stuff and getting points, just like in um, contest. But of course, there's there's two leaders because you've got two per side, and um, there's a cool rule to go with that as well, isn't there?
1: Yeah, friendly rivalry, which is quite similar to uh, Legolas and Gimli from the Fellowship. That's right. Yeah, uh, keep a record of how many kills the leaders of both forces have killed in the combats individually. Each army, whichever of the two leaders has the least kills of the two, it gains plus one to wound during a fight. This bonus ends immediately as soon as they've drawn equal to or overtaken their ally, which could be horribly abused. <laughs> <laughs> really good,
0: really good. Um, I quite like that though, it is quite good. Um, I suppose there'll be situations when it might be better for just someone to uh t- to sit back, but then there's a risk involved in that as well. You're not by not killing, you're not scoring VPs, or you let one of them. Get so far ahead that the other one can't. Well, I it only
1: counts as one if you've got someone yeah, like Dane, yeah. for instance, and you push him into trolls, which count as one with his hammer. Plus that, he's going to start smashing them to pieces. Yeah. Whereas you've got your other opponent just killing chaff. Yeah, goblins, for instance, that's that's horrible.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh, I think it's um... and it's um, what else? Oh, I don't know if this this is. I don't think this is the same one contest, but um, you. Kills killed by shooting magical powers or hurl brutal power attack um, do not count towards the leader score either. So that's quite interesting, isn't it? For some Uh, certain, uh,
1: it's killed in combat individually. mm -hmm. So so it's definitely combat, probably. Yeah, okay. Scenario five cornered the defenders must seek to protect the central force while the attackers seek to destroy them,
0: right? Then, so um, again, this is one that can end on normal breaking, so you roll off for this one. this has got a crazy kind of deployment going on, which might not come across very well on on audio. So you've got Team A's primary deployment is in this sort of circle in the middle of the table, sort of six-inch circle, and then you've got um, another six-inch gap, and then you've got another big, wider sort of circle around it where Team B's deployment goes in, and then that's both of their armies. And then Team A's secondary deployment he's on his three inch sort of three inches in inch from the table all the way around the edge so all four sides so again you've got someone stuck in the middle um, them surrounded by both of the other opposing armies and then the second player on the same side right on the right on the edge of the table that can come in and try and uh, relieve their um, their beleaguered um, friend so um, yeah I think it's really could be really fun and really themy certain armies it's going to really really hurt you so um can you imagine picking your primary and your your um is it like low <laughs> sort of low model um Count stuck in the centre, and then your 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 secondary player has got something like dwarves, and they're all three inches from the table edge. And then your opponent's got fast moving stuff that charges in and obliterates the one army. But then was able to turn around and deal with the other one. So some matchups, this is really really going to hurt people. Um, I'm, (laughs) I'm definitely trying
1: to work out to get Smell get a three inch deployment.
0: (laughs) I'm definitely um. Not going to be announcing which scenarios are going to be used. If I might roll them up randomly, I might choose them before the event, but um, people won't know until they've put their list in because it's going to. Be, I don't want people trying to uh, to to, um, to gain this at all. Um, so, what's the final one?
1: Scenario six: Duel of Wits. So, each force secretly selects enemy hero. Try to kill the heroes chosen by your team, or simultaneously getting your selected heroes into the center of the board
0: right so again this is one that can end on broken so you're rolling um you are yeah so you you, you're trying to kill um your um so you're trying to kill your selected hero um but you don't know which your hero is going to be and neither do you know what your your opponent your teammates hero's chosen is going to be either so you have to write these all down separately Um, but then you're getting points for getting your heroes in what is this massive sort of 12-inch circle in the middle of the table. So you're going to be charging your heroes into this circle because you need them to be in there to score some points, but they also could be the ones that the opponent's trying to target. Um, So you could be putting them in danger by doing it. it's it's definitely one that's quite a confusing to explain without looking at the yeah, map. Um, I
1: think it could be a lot of fun, a lot of uh, headstarts. Oh,
0: lo- loads in. of fun, loads of laughs. So you've got um, the tables quartered for your deployments as well. Um, so you're all going to note down the the hero you want to kill um so each each person's going to do it you can't share with your opponent with your teammate who it is you're going for because you could both be going for the same person you um and your opponents can't you won't know what who they're trying to kill of your heroes but you want to get your heroes in the center to score points but that could also be the ones that they're trying to kill so um so you're going to end up with lots of heroes fighting in the middle so it'll be quite funny at the, end of the game um that one well, I can imagine this could be the kind of game where one side gets absolutely smashed and but um kills the wrong heroes or th- th- those few fights go the wrong way and the, the other person will come out as a winner but again very much with the theme of all six of them, very interesting very non-normal and, and should produce lots of laughs and maybe a little frustration sometimes but um shenanigans um, yeah absolutely <laughs> right so so- thunder so that yeah that's that's for me you know, from that, those are the things that, that that were most important to me in the book and I imagine that's going to be the same for an awful lot of people is that the the, the tournament goers or even the people that tend to revolve most of their club gaming or gaming around the, the standard scenarios in the, um, the rule book will, well there's six new ones now and they all look pretty good I'd say they're all better than the um, probably least favourite to all three of the original twelve so I, I think, um I'd, for me, there's nothing there that kind of joins that list of, oh, I don't want to play contest or I don't want to do this. I think all of them, for me, look more interesting and a little bit more balanced overall. Um, and the doubles ones just look loads and loads and loads of fun. Um, and it definitely solves a lot of problems from from my point of view as a, as a soon-to-be doubles TO with how do you manage the existing scenarios, do you adjust them. Um, how do you manage the deployments, etc.? Don't need to worry about that now because I'm just going to use the six that are here. Um, and anyway, then, what else is in the book? Then, so there's some, there's a, there's a few pages on running campaign events.
2: Yeah,
1: particularly the way you roll to see where your battles are being fought is awesome, though, because we did some really good special. Yes. The one I'd note would be the Mordor one, which I think is probably my favourite, which is the Eye of Sauron. Mm -hmm. So whilst fighting a battle in Mordor, the Eye of Sauron will be watching. At the start of the game, place a 25mm marker at the centre of the board. This is where the Eye of Sauron is focused. During the priority phase, after priority has been determined, the player with priority may move the marker up to 6 inches. Good models within 3 inches of the marker suffer a minus 1 penalty to the courage value evil models in three inches of the market may re-roll ones to women making strikes. That's awesome. Oh, and that's it. so fluffy. It's really cool.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine we're going to see an awful lot of campaign events around. But You might have campaign days with your friends or maybe sort of run over, maybe it's run locally for a while. There might be some. Um, I can. But I love the rules in it. And I can imagine playing a game that well, that we decide to use uh, one of the match play scenarios but you kind of want to make it semi narrative so you say oh let's we're playing against your Mordor army let's let's pretend we're fighting near the black gate should we use this special rule for fun and actually just using it in a in a normal game um down the club or at home or something um so yeah if you make themed tables and um you sort of keep changing your terrain as you play your your local your friends and things so there's nothing stopping you using these um sort of regional original buffs for a bit of fun sometimes i think it'll be, be I, th- I can more likely to use them that way i think um but it's got a nice campaign map and it's kind of helps you score it so that you can run a sort of a a, a laid-back campaign day makes you wonder whether we'll see something like that at um warhammer world now that they've written put rules in a book for it whether there will be a uh a narrative camp and weekend day because yeah. the game seems to be growing very, very well at the moment I mean, we we're going to have the GT, there will be doubles there's going to be thrown of Skulls but it be interesting to see whether they add a fourth event somewhere and, and try and do a campaign day Be definitely, definitely be interesting if anyone's certainly. listening then uh, mm.
1: please do I, I, I love it, it's one of those do I want to, would I want to do it? it seems really bizarre I like, I'd rather I, play that than Throne or any other kind of competitive to be honest really? Can't yeah just go and play cool scenarios with cool people
0: yeah, that, but what I'm thinking is, would I rather play narrative, f- proper narrative scenarios from the book at club or at my house or something? And then when I go to an event, would I rather play a Throne of Skulls than a camp- this kind of campaign event? I guess I don't know until I've tried it. More um, about different scores, good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that you'd have at a Throne of Skulls. How they would do that for this, I'm not so sure, because again, I don't know if it's designed for anyone to win. Um, this is there to have a fun experience and don't play games. So yeah, in that sense, we would be really, really cool. Um, but yeah, it's as I said, it's um, it's more of an assumption that I can imagine that those are the kind of pages in the book that'll be less leaf through than the um, the match play things. That's what people tend to go to. Um, there's a couple of pages of additional rules at the back. Um, Yes,
1: including some secret objectives.
0: Yeah, and I think they're designed that, that, that. I think it's a nod to an understanding that when you have large events, that you need ways to sort of add secondary and tertiary scoring to kind of split up the, the number of people at the top who have won the same amount of games so they sort of brings in the idea of major and minor victories so you know, depending on how many vi- you know VPs you've beaten your opponent by you might score more tournament points um, and different kind of tie breakers and escalation events that when you start at a certain points level it might grow so this just sort of gives you ideas as a, as a TO um, of how you might want to handle things in your event it's kind of like a this is a booklet of a i mean jay's obviously written it he's been a tournament guy for years and a, a tournament winner and gphl winner and he's looking at all the best things that he's seen from the events he's been to over the years and and sort of formulated them into a book of how he would do it and how, how this is kind of your their guideline of best practice doesn't mean you need to follow any of these but they are None of the things I've seen in here are things that you don't see advertised in event packs anyway. So a lot of these things are quite common. They're very, very helpful to people new like myself, new to this system running events. um, Because if I wasn't sure how to do stuff, I did quite a bit of research looking at other people's event packs. um, Just because I wanted to see, you know, it's got a bit harder with doubles as well because there's not as many out there. So I was like, oh God, how how, how many points should I do and how do people handle this rule and that rule? Well, if this book had been out already, I wouldn't need to look any further. Um so yeah, like secret objectives. I think at Articon they do like um oh, I can't remember what they call them. I know there's a there's a setting in um um Tawny to do it when you basically you can add like secret secret submissions and I've got Momentous Moments, but that's more of an in game event. Um it won't actually affect your uh, your um overall tournament results. But these things can be so there's twelve kind of cards where you can um obviously I don't know if you can print these out or not. I think it says you can, but you can make your own up. It just gives you a secret mission to, to you. So, worthy leader. Have your leader survive the game having suffered no wounds and spent no faint points. So, just ways of giving you little bonus tournament points and things to um, to help you score more. And it's also good for people that maybe are well down the table in an event and struggling to win games, but they can still try and get some bonus points by having their own little secret in-games. A
1: um, good fun. I do like the uh, sending a message one. Uh, killing their most expensive hero. Yes. To me, again, this will translate really
0: well to just playing at home. So you um, you pick one or roll up, keep it secret to the end of the game. So you're playing your scenario. You could be playing one of the match play scenarios, and you think you've nailed the win, um, and then there someone go, "Actually, I've got my secret objective, and that's giving me an extra VP or something like that." So definitely, good fun things you can you can add to your game that you don't have to have to use it just at an event as well. But um, uh,
1: it's, it's, it's some nice tongue-in-cheek stuff in there as well. There's a humour throughout. It's, that's why I like that sending the message thing. It's, you know, sort of, bit of gangland thing going on there, isn't it? Sort of Zildur <laughs> sleeping with the fishes, isn't he? So, so.
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think it's really good. Though. I, I'm, as I said, just didn't know what to expect in terms of the presentation of the book when we were talking about it in the last show it's completely met my expectations in terms of the content It's what i guessed was going to be to be fair they did tell us what was going to be in it um so they didn't leave an awful lot to, to, to um to, to guess about but um they did a very good job of kind of setting us up for what was going to be in there i'm was very pleasantly surprised about the price um i think it's a fair price um it would have been I think they could have got away with charging a couple of quid more. Not only should have, I think that they they could have done, and people would have moaned. But they could have done it, and people would have ma- maybe still bought it. But I think it's a very very fair price for for what you've got. Um, so um, yeah, I'm I'm very happy with it.
1: Uh, yeah, I, uh, if anything, I think it exceeded my expectations. To be honest, there's some some hidden gems in there, some little bits and pieces that I wasn't quite expecting. Uh, the campaign, the little extra rules thing, was a a very welcome addition I yeah. me. I really, really like that. Um, obviously, we knew what to expect to a degree with a pooling system, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's the little things like that that I thought it's just little little touches It shows a lot of thought.
0: Yes, I think you're right. And I think that's the kind of things that people will um, maybe not pay so much attention to initially because the pooling system is very interesting to people who don't like certain scenarios like we've talked about earlier the reasons why people might want them in pools um, and it might overlook those things but you're right it's just those little those little flavour things of you want to make up your own semi-narrative game like I mentioned a few moments ago and you go right well where are we playing we're playing in Rohan so let's use that Rohan special rule on the table um, and then next time we'll we'll play in your home your backyard for your army and then well, you can have the special rule and it just you know sort of adds an extra element to your casual games as well as potentially using it in a in a campaign event so um yeah i like it a lot yeah I,
1: i'm i'm very pleased with it very very pleased cool i think that's about us really isn't it There's i think we so yeah, much to spin
0: that out <laughs> exactly exactly i think we we've talked for it for about 45 minutes now going through the book um we've got some things wrong as we were trying not to just give you silence on on air while we read through paragraphs so there will be bits that i've i've read wrong or said the, the victory points and stuff wrong we're just trying to give you an overview So grab the book yourself and um get playing some games and uh, get in touch with the show tell us which, which new scenarios you've tried out and um, you know which ones you like what don't you like, how it's worked for you um, and are any of you planning on using some of the, you know, the things from the rest of the book anyone planning on putting a campaign event on and what were your thoughts we're really interested to, to, to get some input from you guys we know a lot of you guys are listening to the show and giving us feedback so get in touch and um, tell us what you think of it and um, yeah I think what we'll do now is we'll go to a little break and we'll come back and uh, close the show down <coughs> And we're back again thanks for sticking around I hope you enjoyed our run through of the match play guide um so sort of wibbly wobbly timelines a little bit sam who uh, who took a little took a little breather during the match play guide he went to bed um is uh, is back to um back to help us with the close down and announce the competition um, we woke him up to do it we have you know we've not recorded this out of sync at all um so um I'll pass you over to Sam now, um, and he can uh, announce the winner and talk us through the the competition. So Sam, remind us what the competition was and what you could win. Uh,
2: So the competition was to come up with a name for a hobbit. Uh, uh, I said the more punny the better. Uh, Backstories are optional, but just wanted a funny name. Um, And the winner would win the mounted Theodin and unmounted Theodin from the old metal sculpts. Uh, that are still new and packet that we had sat in the um, the holy grail of uh, drawer of shame <laughs> that we have in my premises. So uh, we we had quite a few entries. We had uh, about nine, I think. We totaled uh, up altogether, didn't we?
0: Yeah, it wasn't wasn't as many as I thought we'd have actually. But um, I think people must be suspicious of us giving away uh, free things, or they just just want want the new plastic skull probably. Um but um yeah it's more it was the final call. Um saw us a couple more over the last couple of days, which is good.
2: Yeah. Um but the winner is uh Mr Ben Stanley. Now for reasons of us being a clean and uh, well kept uh podcast, we can't read out all of his uh <laughs> that he put with his name. But uh Fredo Boggins was the winner of our competition. So uh Ben uh, if you get in contact with us i'm sure you're well acquainted uh with uh, us by now but get in contact and we will get that shipped to you or organise getting that to you somehow
0: you'll probably end up shipping it to me and i'll i will give it to him some point in the summer when he's back in the country but um yeah it looks like looks like nepotism because i've mentioned i think i mentioned ben earlier in the show that he's going to be running the singles with me um we uh, that the, the the many of the um Entries were say were all pretty good, so we decided to put, just put them in an, a random number generator in the end rather than uh, sit and pick which we thought was the best. Um, his his answer definitely uh, made me chuckle, including the the, the wider story because he added a little bit of flavour to his um, to to the uh, family history of uh, Freddo. And um, yeah, well, was, as was Sam's already said? We couldn't really read it out on the on the show, um, but um, but we we um, if anyone's. Uh, entered and they thought that their their thing was better and um, we didn't even bother with with a subjective choice we just stuck it in a random number generator but thank for everyone who uh, entered um right sam have you got anyone you want to shout out before we we let you go off to bed
2: uh just a, a massive thank you to my co host dan and Stu. Aww. um I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. It doesn't feel like we're on episode six, if that makes sense. When Stu said it at the beginning of the episode, I was like, 6 already, already." Um, so yeah, well, seven is,
0: recorded with zero, I suppose, as well. So we're
2: uh... well, yeah. Uh, it, it it has been extremely fun doing what we've done so far, and um, on and off recording. I've said about how excited I am about this part of the hobby, and uh, although it's not painting, the actual models. Are, moving on over the next few weeks i'm looking forward to getting on with my display base as that's going to be a massive part of my uh, middle earth hobby for the next couple of weeks so yeah big thank you to dan and stew awesome stuff all about yourself in time for valentine's day <laughs>
0: <laughs> how
1: do you follow that without sounding callous <laughs> and cold uh, the usual suspects uh, legion of Gamers. Check us out on Facebook, um, usual uh, social media, Fortunate Son of Horus on Instagram, and uh, everyone who's been nice to us recently. So thank you very much for your support
0: good stuff good stuff um yeah who do i want to shout out this week um i think i just wanted to draw your attention to the three uh the, the two um 3d printing um, companies that i mentioned right back at the beginning of the show so if you haven't already um just uh, have a search for 3d uh, tabletop and whitefoot 3d so i uh, have great service from from both sean and jack um for the uh, respective things that i've ordered um good value i'm very happy with the the products as well so you can find them both on facebook fairly easily i know um wait for 3d has a normal website as well i'm not sure whether 3d table has i haven't looked i did all that did it all through through facebook but uh, most people are on facebook these days so check them out um other than that usual spiel please um head over and have a look for our facebook page and give us a like if you haven't already um, and join our facebook group it's growing slowly um join it post your hobby up in there um i don't think i mentioned it earlier but i've uh created a facebook group for um flotsam and jetsam events i did it mainly because um when you your, your facebook events um on um, they're not they're not private so when people post in them that uh, anyone can see them in their feed i know uh someone contacted me and mentioned that sort of because they were uh kept their hobby um, separate from their work life they um they only posted in, in in private groups and stuff and i can understand that i was when i first got started gaming again i definitely kept it secret for quite a while and there's still people that i know that i won't hold a conversation with about it Um i don't keep it secret anymore for sure so i've created a, uh, a a closed group that anyone can join so if you're just interested in um, seeing pictures from the events when they happen um you can join it so oh, i can't remember what i called it now but if you search flotsam and, and jetsam um on group on facebook you'll find it um and you'll also have announcements about the the shows and things as well so um again if you're going to one of the events it's well worth joining um you'll just be repetition a lot of stuff that goes in the facebook events anyway but it's as i said it's a private way for you to interact um, check us out on instagram as well at ootfp podcast and at twitter at ootfp and if you'd like to email us directly um just drop us an email at podcast at gmail.com and um, please do get in touch if you have any questions anything you'd like us to cover on the show any show ideas um i know i put a a uh, a couple of shows ago about someone coming on from GBHL about talking about events. I think that message got to someone and they were thinking about it. I've, I've heard through the grapevine, so it still be good to have someone on to talk about the GBHL event calendar and how it all works. It'd be really good to, to be a good topic, I think. Um, but yeah, get in touch and we will catch you, oh, cool, a couple of weeks time, I imagine. Um, take care, guys. See you soon. Rah!